Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with John Harlow here tonight. As we preview the 2018 season, we are just three weeks away from the 60th running of the Great American Race at Daytona 500. We are two weeks away from qualifying. This time, two weeks from now, we will be reviewing qualifying for the Daytona 500 and the clash at Daytona. Hard to believe it's only two weeks away. I'm getting excited. We're going to preview our 2018 season tonight here on Talking in Circles. Lots of changes um, as far as drivers and teams are concerned, we're going to talk about those. Uh, some interesting uh, news storylines going into the 2018 season. I'm going to give you my top storyline. John's going to give you his top storyline. Rookie of the year, who will win that? We'll preview our 16 playoff drivers. i got to learn how to not say chase. I know it's been a year, but still saying chase drivers. 16 playoff drivers for 2018. And, of course, we're going to give you who we think will be the 2018 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Uh, but first, John, we'll talk, dive right into it. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk about the Chevrolet teams right now. Um, an interesting thing about the Chevrolet team, and I think something that um, is, gonna, is a bigger issue than a lot of people think, is the new Camaro body. Uh, last year, Chevrolet got struggled, especially at the second half of the season. They didn't really run as good as they should have. Hendrick Motorsports is included in that. Um, and now they get this new Camaro here, John, where they look at it and they say, now, now they're sort of closing the gap on Toyota. What are your thoughts on this Camaro, uh, coming into 2018 for, for the Chevrolet teams? I think for the 2018. And we're lost, we lost John here, uh, technical difficulties here, and we're going to get him back here in a little bit on talking in circles, but I think it's a, it's a major, um, deal, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think when you look at Chevrolet and what they what they've done, um, it is just you know it, it's going to affect this team these teams majorly. And they want to close the gap. They want to you know to, there was no doubt Toyota had an advantage at the end of the year, um, and Chevrolet was behind. I mean, Jimmy Johnson. We talked about him. He wasn't a factor in this chase. You know, he wasn't even a factor when it came to Martinsville. They were just behind, and they felt like the body uh, was a big issue in that. So it's going to be interesting. Before we preview our Chevrolet teams for 2018, it's going to be very interesting to see what this Camaro does for, uh, and how this changes the game compared to Toyota, compared to Ford. Um, you know, Ford doesn't have a new body this year either. You know, they're going to stick around. Ford's going to stick with um, the Fusion, you know, and they hope that a new inspection system called the Hawkeye will level a playing field enough to where Ford will be competitive. I just read an article, and uh, a, I just thought it was an interesting thing where Ford kind of sits at it and says, we, we hope the Hawkeye system really levels the playing field and really um, takes away the advantage that the Chevrolets and the Toyotas had last season. So I think when you look at that, you have to sit there and say, um, what is it? You know, what 
can these guys do? Uh, what can Ford and, and Chevrolet do here? Um, what can Ford do here in 2018? Because I think Ford, at the end of the day, uh, is going to be reluctant, reliant, excuse me, on the Hawkeye system leveling the playing field. If level the playing field, they're in good shape. They should be able to run for wins because they got great teams. They got great drivers over there at Ford. Um, if they don't, it could be a, a a long season for the Ford camp. 917-889-8280 here Talking in Circles. Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here joining us back in a minute here on Talking in Circles tonight as we're still having a little te- technical difficulties here with John Harlow. Um, Listen, it's, a, it's going to be an interesting year. 2018 to me, there's a lot of teams, a lot of drivers, and the Chevrolet teams are included in that um, as far as a lot of drivers who have a make-or-break year, in my opinion. Um, and when I look at the first team that we're going to preview here, when I look at Hendrick Motorsports, I think that team, there's a couple of drivers who need a good year this year. One is Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase moves to the number nine car this year. Other than that, the team stays the same. They've basically picked up the number 24 car from 2017, re- kept it the same, just put a number nine on the side of Chase Elliott's cars and called it a day. Chase Elliott will drive the number nine Hendrick Motorsports car. Napa Auto Parts is going to be a part of it. Hooters Restaurants is going to be a part of it. Kelly Blue Book is going to be there. So, so uh, a lot of nice, good sponsors there for Chase Elliott on, on that nine car. Um, Listen, I think he's a, a a great young kid. He's going to be in his third year. Chase Elliott, to me, this season, he has to win. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, and he has to win in the first 10 races of the season. Because if he doesn't, if he does not win, I should say, people are going to start to sit there and scratch their head and go, what is going on here with Chase Elliott? What is going on here with this team? Why can't this team figure it out? Why can't Chase Elliott close the deal? I think there's still some people out there who say that about him. He needs to he needs to do that in the first ten races of the season. Uh, Alan Gustafson and him have, have a good relationship. You know, the, the positive thing for Chase Elliott last year and the year before was the fact that he was the best Hendrick Motorsports team, no matter what. Uh, he was still very competitive. You know, he almost won Dover last year. Came came within a lap or two of winning Dover last year. Um, and, and was a very competitive Hendrick Motorsports car last year, no matter what, no matter how bad Chevrolet was. So I think that, John, is Chase Elliott's saving grace in the 2018 season is the fact that he has – to me, John, he has to win in the first 10 races of, the, of this season. And I think if, if everything goes well, he can do that. What are your thoughts on Chase Elliott? I think Chase Elliott has a really good shot at winning in three weeks. He sat on the pole the last two Daytona 500s. Um, him and Alan Gustafson have been, they were the class of Chevrolet at the end of the year last year. Uh, Kyle Larson was a class early. Johnson had a couple, win, three wins early in the season. But the most consistent performer for Chevrolet all season long was Chase Elliott. And he's right there. He's on the cusp of it. And one of the things you look at when you come to stick and ball sports and some of the other things you look at, you have to learn to lose before you can win. And Chase Elliott's finished second a hell of a lot. 
He's right up there. He's in there. He just needs that little push at the end, and I think it's going to be there. I think Chase Elliott has a chance to possibly be a champion this year. It's going to be interesting. Again, and, and to me, John, you know, we talked about this earlier. That Camaro is going to be the, the – it could be the great equalizer here with this Chevrolet team. You know, and, and I think definitely Chevrolet was at a disadvantage last year. Um with their cars and, and the Hawkeye system is going to be something to keep an eye on as well. But I think Chase has to win the first 12 races, even if just for his own confidence and his own belief and that team's own confidence to sit there and go, we can win races in this cup series and, and do some things. Next is William Byron, Hendrick Motorsports. He, he moves up from the Xfinity series. He's the champion from the Xfinity series should have been a ch- the truck championship and t- the truck champion in 2016, won nine races in that series and 2016, uh, 2017 Xfinity Series Championship. Every series he's been in, everything he's been in, William Byron has learned how to win and done very well. Got off to a slow start last year in Xfinity, but by the middle of the year was winning races and beating cup drivers. Goes to the 24 car, what was the 5 car last year, now rebranded as a 24. He's got Liberty University on that car, a bunch of other sponsors there as well. In his rookie year in cup, what are your expectations for William Byron here in 2018? I expect William Byron to set the world on fire. I think he's got the right crew chief with him. Darian Grubb has won a crew. He's won a championship with Tony Stewart. He's won races with Jimmy Johnson filling in for Chad Knauss. He's won races with Casey Mears. He's won races with Tony Stewart. He can win. He knows how to put a car together. Um, I think William Byron knows how to drive a car, and I think the two of them working together, it'll be pretty easy for Darian to find out what William needs in a car, and I think they have a chance to set the world on fire. Uh, This is going to be not your normal rookie season. I expect a lot out of that car this year, just because William Byron has shown he can win in anything he drives, and I think Darian Grubb has something to prove as a crew chief because He's won with everybody who sat in his car. And then he sat out for a while because, for some reason, Tony Stewart decided he wasn't the guy at Stewart Haas, and Tony Stewart went down the frickin' commode after Darian Grubb left. He won with Carl Edwards. He won with Denny Hamlin. And for some reason, Joe Gibbs Racing decided they didn't want Darian Grubb as a crew chief. I think Darian has something to prove, and I think he's got the right driver who can – who's just going to soak up knowledge because he's not going to go in there going, this is what I want in a car. This is how I think everything's going to be because he's brand new to this damn thing. So he's going to say, whatever you think is best for me and we'll go with it. And then they'll learn from each other and improve as they go along. I think 20 or the 24 car with William Byron and it's going to be solid this year. Listen, I agree. I think that 24 car, um, you know, the only thing I get a little bit worried about with that team, if there is one caution, you know, the five team hasn't performed very well last year. I'm not sure what the engineers, engineering um, status is on that team, whether they change the engineers or not. Uh, also, you know, Darren Grubb, you mentioned he's been a lot of places. I think he has sort of the reputation of wearing out his welcome. A young driver with William Byron, you should be a little bit careful here um, not, to, not to rattle this kid in his first year or two here in the Cup Series. Next is Jimmy Johnson. 48 team going for their eighth championship. Uh, they had a decent year last year, three wins early in the year, but weren't able to win. Uh, 
at all. And, you know, kind of a frustrating year, I think, John, where you look at it and you say Chevrolet was not where they needed to be. But uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Johnson here entering 2018 with the new Chevy Camaro? I think Jimmy Johnson's sort of looking at um... – He's looking for that eighth championship, but he's also looking at his surroundings at Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, heck, he's old enough to be the father of every other driver on the team. Um, him and Chad Knauss have been there. They've done it. There's nothing they haven't accomplished. Uh, I think Jim, uh, Jimmy and Chad will have a solid year, as they always do. I think they'll be a contender, as they always are. And, again, it's a matter of how this Camaro ZR1 ends up performing. If it's the difference maker that it is, I wouldn't take anybody strategy-wise over Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson. I think Chad knows what moves to make, um, what setups to have. I think if the handling of it is, I mean, you know how Jimmy likes a loose race car. And last year and the year before, I mean, Jimmy Johnson's wrecked more race cars in the last two years than I think he did in the 10 years previous. So... Jimmy Johnson liking a loose race car and the way the aerodynamics were just pulled it around the way it's been lately. We'll see how that ends up. Maybe Jimmy has to adjust to having a tighter car so he doesn't wreck as much. No, I agree. I think you're absolutely right, John, where you look at it and you say, what, you know, this team to me, the, the problem with this team the last few years was just the Chevrolet not being as competitive. I think Toyota was very, very good. They had a very fast, uh, you know, engine program the year before and last year I think they were better with the bodies. So um if if this Camaro is a great equalizer, I think you're gonna see it with this forty eight team and they're gonna perform very well. To me, John, the biggest question mark with this Hendrick Motorsports operation in twenty eighteen is the eighty eight car. Um coming off a year where they had a heck of a lot of distractions. Dale Earnhardt Jr. retirement was a lot of distraction. You know, they didn't run great at all. Uh, I think Junior ended up around twenty third in the points last year. Here comes Bowman in, uh, a, a driver who did a pretty good job when Dale was uh, sidelined due to, due to head injuries in 2016, but he sat out a year. Here he is in 2018, won an Xfinity Series race towards the end of last year. What are your thoughts on Alex Bowman? Uh, Greg Ives is still the crew chief. They have some sponsorship there, uh, Nationwide Insurance, Valvoline, uh, whatever was there from Dale is going to return. Um, what are your thoughts on Alex Bowman in that 88 car? If there's somebody who has something to prove, it's Greg Ives and Alex Bowman. Um, Alex Bowman had an opportunity, had opportunities last year to drive in lesser equipment, and he chose to be the test driver, the simulation driver at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, he has Dale Jr.'s endorsement, and Dale Jr., for as much as he wasn't as good behind the wheel last year, and as much as Chevrolet had problems, Dale Jr. does know talent. I mean, Dale Jr. is the one who got William Byron over to Hendrick Motorsports along with Rick Hendrick. I mean, Jr. knew Byron was the guy he wanted in that car. Um, Jr. has done well developing talent. You look at Brad Keselowski. Uh, Brad Keselowski came through the Jr. Motorsports team. Um, Dale Jr. knows his stuff when it comes to finding talent. He knows what it takes to make a race car driver. I think Alex Bowman is underrated because he's not one of those kids who comes up with a ton of funding. And that's why he's had to work his ass off to get where he's gotten to. And I think Alex Bowman and Greg Ives have a lot to prove. Greg Ives is not a bad crew chief. He won an Xfinity title with Chase Elliott. 
um, the first year with Dale Jr. They were respectable until Dale got the concussion sideline in the second half of the season. And I think last year Dale Jr. sort of knew it wasn't meant to be, but he wanted to go out on his own terms. But I don't think Dale Jr. pushed it to where he put himself in any crazy situations that could have possibly got him in a big wreck and got him in a concussion again. I think Dale Jr. was pretty conservative in a race car. I think Alex Bowman is going to put the foot to the floor and give Greg Ives a chance to show what kind of cars he can build and what kind of team they can have. Are there going to be young, dumb mistakes out of Alex Bowman? Probably. But, I mean, you're going to see more out of the 88 this year than you did last year. I, I can definitely see that just because they had such a bad year last year. But, again, I don't know. You know, Bowman's a question mark. Um, he hasn't won in the Cup Series, hasn't had a great ride in his defense in the, any series yet. Uh, so we'll see what he can do as 2018 uh, comes about here. Next team is Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, you have the 42 car, Kyle Larson, and the one team of Jamie McMurray. No real big changes as far as the team is concerned. You have a, a new sponsor, Target, left the 42 car. DC Solar moves up to the uh, Cup Series. They also will sponsor the Xfinity Series cars as well. Uh, so Larson's also got credit one bank there. Um, so they're they're fully funded, it seems like, for that 2018 season. Uh, but Kyle Larson, John, to me, he is uh, poised for another big season. We talked about Chevrolet being at a disadvantage last year. Well, if the Camaro is a great equalizer, I can't imagine how Kyle Larson's going to be because he was one of the top three drivers all season long last year. Uh, Chad Johnson returns, and, and that team should, to, to me, being ready to strike for a championship here in 2018. I think uh, something happened at the end of the last year that was out of Kyle Larson's hands. They blew more engines in the last, what, during the playoffs than they did in the past two years combined. And there must have been something not right at the Hendrick Motorsports engine shop because that's where they get their engines from. And Kyle Larson can drive the hell out of a race car. You saw that at Homestead. Kyle Larson could have won that race. But he decided to sit back and let Kyle, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. battle for the championship between the two of them. And just sat back and watched and stayed out of the way. But you saw how he was coming at Homestead. When Kyle Larson has a car that doesn't blow up on him, he is a, he is a person who can win every place they run at except Martinsville. And the only thing that throws a bug into the works this year is the rope on its, like, third or fourth design right now. But the playoffs, I'd take Kyle Larson on any mile and a half right there with Truex and Kyle Busch. I mean, those are the three who are the best mile and a half runners right now. And if the Camaro is what they say it's going to be, and they're not fighting the aerodynamic problems that the SS had, and they're equal aerodynamically when it comes to the Toyotas, I'll take Kyle Larson overall up because I think he's as good a driver as there is. Yeah, listen, I, I totally agree. I think Larson, if there is a, um, you know, advantage for the Chevrolet, like I said, they're the equalizer. Uh, I think that 42 team performed great last year, you know, even at a, dis, a little bit of a disadvantage that Chevrolet was at. So I can't imagine what's going to happen. I think they're going to be, Poised to strike for a championship, no doubt. Jamie McMurray is teammate this year, back again at Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, I thought he had, you know, I was in the minority on this. I thought he had a little bit disappointing year with how much speed the 42 car had um, last year. 
he'll make the chase, in my opinion, again here in 2018. But uh, it just seems like wins are wins, winning races, winning stages are hard to come by for Jim McMurray in that one car. Uh, will that change in 2018, John? That's my question to you. I don't think it will because McMurray is just sort of a um, steady, steady guy. But he also has a tendency of when he gets into a big race and he has a car he thinks he can win with, putting himself in stupid situations. You saw what he did at Daytona. You saw what he's done in other places. McMurray has the tendency of trying to put the car where it doesn't need to go. And he tries to do it too early in the race instead of waiting. If he thinks he's got a car that can win, he's going to try and get out there and get to the front because you know how important clean air is. But if he ends up messing, messing up getting there, it cost him the whole day. And that's sort of what cost him in the playoffs last year. He tried to do something he didn't need to do, and it put him behind the eight ball. Um, he's going to have the same speed, the same stuff that Larson does. But I just think there's a difference between Larson and Jamie McMurray. I think Larson's a better driver, and if you put the two of them in the same equipment, you're going to see the same result. Larson's going to win nine out of ten times. I agree. And, and I think that's, you know, McMurray's in an interesting year this year for me because I think if he doesn't win and, and perform up front this year, there's going to be echoes for saying, well, he's over 40 years old. There's some young drivers in the Toyota camp that we can get our hands on, Eric Anassi. Uh, I think he's in an interesting season for 2018. Another team, another driver who are in an interesting situation is the next team we will move to, and that's Richard Childress Racing. They go from a three-car operation in 2017 to a two-car operation in 2018. They lose Pulmonar, who goes to the Wood Brothers. They have leased the charter out from the 2017 to Starcom Racing. We'll talk about that probably on Wednesday's show when everything's ironed out there. Uh, but Austin Dillon will return, and so will Ryan Newman, a three and a 31. Uh, the team is downsized, but not much other changes. You know, sponsorships seems to be a little bit hard to find right now for that 31 team. Uh, Caterpillar is back, but not nearly at the capacity they've been the last couple of years. Um, Dow Chemicals is back with Austin Dillon. I know American Ethanol will be back there as well. Um, I think Bass Pro Shots will be here and there as, as well, too. But what are your thoughts on the whole Richard Childress racing? Uh, the crew chief will be Justin Wilson on that three car, and a 31 will have Luke Lambert. What are your thoughts on Richard Childress racing? I think somehow, some way, uh, Newman will find a way to win a race and get himself into the playoffs, same way Luke Lambert did last year, or they'll be consistent enough to do it. Um, Austin Dillon, I've still, I'm not impressed with him. I don't think... I think Austin Dillon sort of ran away the best crew chief he's ever had when he had Slugger Labby. Um, he's going to have um, – they'll be decent, but I think Richard Childress Racing, even though they from three cars to two cars, that hasn't really stopped their inventory because they end up building chassis and engines for so many different teams – is what they're getting a lot of their funding from when they're leasing engines out to everybody. I just don't think they have the wherewithal to be able to stick to taking care of themselves first. You saw it whenever Martin Truex Jr. in the 78 car was getting chassis and engines from Richard Childress Racing. They were beating them. Um, you may see that where they're going to lease out their equipment to somebody else, and they're beating them. And that's one of the things that Childress runs into. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because – you know, we saw with Furniture Racing, you know, beating teams with other pe- people's stuff. Uh, and it was funny because I read an article 
about Richard Petty Motorsports, and that's their goal is to get what Furniture Racing has done with at get with that gives, which is a good lead into Richard Petty Motorsports. They moved from Ford to Chevrolet this year, John. Uh, Drupalik is there for World Turn as the crew chief. Uh, they will have an affiliation with Richard Childress Racing, ECR Engines there as well. But Bubba Wallace will run for Rookie of the Year. Uh, the former uh, Camping World Truck Series race winner ran at Roush in the Xfinity Series for the last two years. Now at Richard Petty Motorsports in a Chevrolet, filled in for Eric Amarola last year for a few races. What are your thoughts on Bubba Wallace's rookie year here with RCR engine and, and chassis here at Rich Petty Motorsports in 2018? I think they can't really go anywhere but up. Um, I think Richard Petty Motorsports was getting their stuff from Roush, which was their third, I mean, the third best Ford team, and that they wound up being getting the basically the scraps of Roush because Roush actually took care of themselves before they took care of Petty. Um, I think they're going to get decent equipment from Richard Childress. Drew Blickensturfer is a decent crew chief, but he's never really won at the cup level. And Bubba Wallace is a question mark, same way you thought Alex Bowman was. Alex, I mean, Bubba Wallace won in the truck series for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He never, he didn't win at all in the Xfinity series, and he had good equipment from Roush. And then that dried up while he was in the top five in points. And now they still don't have full sponsorship. I think they have about 10 races sponsored, maybe 15 at max for uh, the season this year, where they're going to be starting to scrounge for sponsorship. I think Bubba has the talent. I think Bubba has the ability. I think Bubba is so personable that fans will flock to him. I'd like to see them do well. I'd really like to see Bubba Wallace come up there because he's really a joy to watch. He's a joy to listen to when you hear him talk about his love of the sport. I just don't know if this is the right – I mean, it's the best equipment he's ever been in on a regular basis. But, I mean, it's still 15th, 20th place equipment at best. Yeah, and the thing that really concerns me about this team, and I know they've kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, I don't worry about it, is the lack of sponsorship on that team. Uh, we haven't really heard a major sponsorship announcement. 13 races, I think, is what they have funded. At, at, that's the number I heard at most. STP will be back. Uh, Air Force will be back. They got clipping closed for the Daytona 500. That's like a three- or four-race deal as well. So, you know, just a handful of races here here and there for that 43 car, that's a long season to go unfunded. Now, I know they have some really uh, wealthy investors who are committed to the sport, and that's an important thing, but – Doing this without funding is a major, major issue if you're Richard Petty Motorsports. And I just hope Bubba Wallace gets a fair shake at it this year uh, and, and really looks at it and says, um, you know, it gets, gets an opportunity. Um, I don't know if this team's going to make the chase this year. I really don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I think it's, uh, you're asking a lot for Bubba Wallace to take a team that hasn't made the chase the last two or three years and as a rookie go in and make the chase. Uh, with a little bit of funding, but I think if you see a step in the right direction for this team, that's a successful 2018 season. The next team is JTG Daughtery Racing. They have a two-cooperation again this season. AJ Amendinger and Chris Busher. Amendinger driving a 47 car, Busher in a 37. Uh, they now have an affiliation with Hendrick Motorsports. They will still use ECR engines, but they have an affiliation with Hendrick Motorsports. So that's something to keep an eye on for the, that team as you move forward in 2018. Um, what are your thoughts, John? I thought Chris Buescher had a decent year last year in his, in his first season. 
uh, at JTG. Um, you know, they expanded the two-car operation. I think it kind of hurt them early in the year. They ran better in, in the later half of the year. But A.J. Almendinger just never found it. Christian uh, Smith will be the crew chief there. Uh, they finished 27th in points last year. What are your thoughts on JTG Daughter Racing? I think um, Dinger will be a surprise this year. I think part of it was the big penalty they had that put them so far behind the eight ball. And they were um, struggling with crashes and not running well at the beginning of the season. I think part of it was expanding to a two-car operation. Uh, I think at the end of the year you saw both of them running better. Um, I think Dinger's going to be a surprise. I mean, he's not a surprise on a road course, but I think he's going to be respectable earlier in the season. I think he's going to do better on the ovals than they did last year. I think him and Bush are found. I mean, are starting to work together, understand each other. And again, it's a Chevy, the new Camaro. You don't know what's going to be in there. I mean, heck, it could turn somebody from a nobody into a superstar in the blink of an eye. I mean, think about three years ago the first year that Truex ran for Furniture Row Racing, they were junk. And this is after Kurt Busch taking them to the playoffs. And the first year Truex was at Furniture Row Racing, they were junk. And then they wound up putting um, Cole Pern as the crew chief, matching them up with Truex. They were phenomenal with Childress's stuff. And then they got Gibbs stuff, and they were even better, and they won the championship this year. This might be one of those ones where when Chevy puts the Camaro out, where it may end up turning somebody from a nobody into somebody, somebody who you thought was going to go away into somebody who's going to win a championship. And that could be where Dinger comes from nobody into contending. Yeah, I'm interested to see what this new Hendrick Motorsports affiliation is going to do for this team. You know, I like Chris Buescher. I think Chris Buescher is a good driver. I think he outperformed that 47 car this year, um, or excuse me, in 2017. In 2018, uh we're going to see it throughout that whole organization. If they, if they perform and that Hendrick Motorsports affiliation is reliable, they're going to perform much better than what they did in 2017. Now, I think the book's still out on AJ. He's there for three more years. Um, but I, don't, I think if AJ don't perform this year, again, you're going to start hearing whispers about, well, maybe we can get somebody else in that 47 car. Big year for AJ Almendinger. Uh, next on the list is Ty Dillon coming off his rookie year. Uh, he has a new crew chief, Matt Borland, replaces Booty Barker at Jermaine Racing. Uh, they have an affiliation with Richard Childress Racing again. What are your thoughts on Jermaine Racing, John, and Ty Dillon? Well, sponsorship somehow stays there because Geico continues to sponsor Jermaine Racing. I think as long as Ty Dillon has the name Dillon and his grandfather's still Richard Childress, uh, Ty Dillon will still be in the sport. He's sort of like Austin. He hasn't really ever done anything to impress me. He's steady. He doesn't get in a whole hell of a lot of trouble, but he's nothing that drives you crazy and says, damn, i got to watch Ty Dillon to see if he's going to win today because you're always sort of wondering, okay, is he going to make it to the top 15 this week? Uh, Jermaine Racing has always been one of those uh, decent cars. I mean, they didn't do anything special with Casey Mears. They sure as hell haven't done anything special with Ty Dillon yet, but I think they're a mid-packer. I don't see any changes in it. As I mean, I like Matt Borland as a crew chief. Matt Borland's one of the brightest guys in the garage when it comes to engineering. But I don't see where he's going to make the difference. Um, I really don't see Ty Dillon being able to 
make the playoffs with the Jermaine Racing team. What surprised me was whenever Childress had the third charter, I'm surprised they didn't just try to steal Geico away from Jermaine Racing and bring Ty Dillon back into the fold instead of leasing it out to Starcom, which we'll talk about Wednesday night on the show. But, I mean, you think about Jermaine Racing, they've been a mid-pack car since they came into the sport. I think they're nothing better than a mid-pack car. Mid-pack car. I think Booty Barker, it wasn't his fault that they were mid-pack. I think it's equipment, I think it's dollars and cents, and I think it's driver. Um, I think you put Ty Dillon with Chad Knauss and they'll be a mid-pack car because I don't think he's that special behind the wheel. Um, it's an interesting season the way it's going to be. Um, and you look at some of these affiliates that fall into the children's gap. You move to Casey, uh, Casey Kane next with the uh, 95 car, for uh, Levine Family Racing, he replaces Michael McDowell in the 95, and everybody's thinking, oh, we're going to go from doing what Michael McDowell did where I think he outperformed his equipment, and they think Casey Kane's going to find a way to get him into the playoffs. I don't see that happening. It's another one of those things. Childress, when, I mean, they make so much stuff and they lease so much stuff out, but it's like you're getting C products whenever everybody else is putting everything they know, breathe, and every dollar they get their hands on to try to get themselves to an A product. And Childress is getting a bunch of stuff out there that's a C work, and I don't see it getting any better. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, you know, an interesting part to that, you know, with with these Chevrolet teams is going to be that, uh, again, that Camaro. But a team I'm interested to see in, John, is this 95 team in Casey Kane. Levine Family Racing, Travis Max going to be crew chief there. Uh, Michael McDowell drove that team, and that team was per- performed pretty well last year. They're going to have a Hendrick Motorsports affiliation as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Casey Kane, though, his comments have kind of worried me because he's come out and he says, listen, uh, I want, I'm looking forward to doing more dirt racing. Well, that's not what you're paid to do there in, in the Cup Series. Um you know, you're paid to go out there and, and try your hardest to win. And, and Casey's a guy who, you know, this could be the end of his cup career if he doesn't perform well here in this 95 car. It's, uh, he's performed the way uh, at least as good as Michael McDowell did last year uh, because, you know, he, he's barely made the chase the last last year, missed it two years ago, just hasn't been the same driver he was when he came to Hendrick Motorsports. What are your thoughts on Casey Kane and that 95 team here before we move to the Ford teams? I think Casey Kane running dirt is probably better for him, partially because to run a dirt car, your focus has to be unbelievable. You don't have mirrors. You don't have uh, spotters, and you have to find your way on the racetrack to make the car go faster. I think that helps. Um, When Tony Stewart was running sprint cars and running well, you saw his performance have an uptick in the cup level. Uh, Christopher Bell is running everything get his hands on. And his performance continued to improve the more dirty ran. Uh, same with Kyle Larson. I mean, Kyle Larson's as good a driver as there is. You learn um, different ways to get your car around the track by running on dirt because it is all you and the car. There's no changes. There's no pit stops. It's all up to you how you get that car around the track. So I think Casey Kane running dirt might help him some compared to in the past where whenever he got to Hendrick, Rick said, no dirt for you, and it seemed like his performance sort of slid. Whenever he was at Richard Petty Motorsports, when he was at Red Bull, when he was at Ray Evernham, he was still running dirt. 
uh, he would run 10, 15, 20 big races a year, whatever he'd get his hands on inside the season. And I think it helped his concentration. It helped his feel for the car. So maybe this will be something that helps him out, but I still don't think the equipment's there for Casey Kane to make the playoffs. Oh, no, I don't think he's making the playoffs this year. But I think, again, like you look at that, uh, like I said earlier, a step in the right direction, like the 43 team, a step in the right direction for this 95 team, in my opinion, it would be uh, huge for Levine Family Racing and huge for Casey Kane. Um, I think Travis Max is a good hire. He comes from the 88 car as an engineer. So we'll see what that team's got here early on in the season. We move to the Ford teams here, John. Team Penske's first, a three-car operation this year. They go from a two-car operation to a three-car operation. Uh, Brad Keselowski was about the two. Ryan Blaney in the 12. That's the new team. And Joey Logano on the 22. Todd Gordon returns for Logano. Um, Jeremy Bolins joins Ryan Blaney with the 12 team coming over from the 21 car. And Paul Wolf returns uh, with Brad Keselowski. No major changes on the two of the 22. 22 didn't have a great year last year. The two had a decent year last year. Blaney comes over, basically picked up the 21 car team and put it in, put a number 12 on the side and, and, and called the team Penske. Um, so Blaney had a win there last year as well. What are your thoughts on Team Penske going into uh, the 2018 season? I think uh, Brad isn't blowing sunshine up anybody's butt this year when it comes to the way the Ford sit. Ford is the oldest chassis, I mean, the oldest design. Um, Ford hasn't made any changes to the car in three years, where both Toyota and Chevy has totally changed the car, the, the way the car looks, the way the car runs, the way the body is set on the car. Ford hasn't made any changes. And Brad said flat out last year, we're getting our butts kicked. Ford needs to do something different. There's talk about the Mustang coming in for 19, but that doesn't make a thing any better this year. I think there's too much talent inside of Team Penske. I don't think there's enough that's going to keep them from being in in the playoffs. I think all three teams make it again this year. I think Ryan Blaney is one of those talents that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time, which is part of why Roger Penske put him back under the Penske shop instead of leaving with the Wood Brothers. Um, I think Logano, the penalty at Richmond where the race was encumbered, they never recovered from it. And I think a clean slate is going to do nothing but help that 22 team out. And Brad Keselowski's Brad Keselowski. Him and Paul Wolf, they'll find a way to win. They always do, and they always find their way into the playoffs, and they will be solid like normal. I think all three Team Penske cars will make the playoffs. Yeah, me too. And I, and I think they got really good drivers. It's this Hawkeye system, you know, again, the thing I get worried about with Ford, like you said, is, is they're the oldest body in the garage area. Um, if, if this Hawkeye system doesn't do what they think it's going to do and, and – you know, there's an advantage for Chevrolet and Toyota. Uh, it could be a long year for Ford. Wood Brothers Racing is next because they have an affiliation with Team Penske. 21 car obviously returns. Uh, they have a, a charter via the 32 car, which was which we explained earlier in the year. Um, Greg Owens getting the crew chief. Paul Menard moves from Richard Childress Racing to that team. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, John, to me, this is an interesting person. Uh, Menard, he's got one win in 10 full-time seasons in the Cup Series. Uh, you know, equipment no longer is going to be an excuse for Paul Menard. You know, this is a team that won last year. Um, they have, like I said, they have a strong affiliation with Team Penske. Greg Irwin's been at Penske for a long, long time now. Um, no more excuses for Paul Menard about, about equipment. Uh, he's got to win, and I just think I don't see that you know, Paul Menard all of a sudden becoming 
uh, Jeff Gordon here, just because he's, he's improved the equipment. What are your thoughts on this 21 car? I think part of the reason Paul Menard's a 21 car is because his dad and Roger Penske go way back through Indy cars. Um, Menard sponsors Simon Paginow and Indy car for Roger Penske. Um, I think the money is what got Paul Menard there. It's what got him to Childress. It's what's got him everywhere he's been so far. Um, when your family's a family of billionaires, you can buy your way into what you need to be. And I think Paul Menard will be okay. I don't think he'll be anything to write home about. He never has been. Um, he lucked into the the Brickyard win, and that's the only win he's ever had. Um, he runs well in the restrictor plate, so there's a shot with the horsepower that Doug Yates puts under those cars that Paul Menard could end up sneaking one in and getting a win at the restrictor plate. Because, I mean, you look, the first third of the season, Paul Menard's always in the top ten in points. And then once we hit summer, down the hill he goes. Um, I think he's got a chance at uh, Daytona, and I think that's our that's his one shot if he's going to end up winning a race. Oh, I agree. I think um, you know he's going to improve, but as far as winning is concerned, I just don't see him doing it anywhere else but the play track. Stuart Haas Racing is next. Um, four car operation this year, like they've been the last few seasons. Danica Patrick is out. Eric Amarola slides into the 10 car, comes over from Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, Kevin Harvick returns in the 4. Boyer returns in the 14 for his second year. And Kurt Busch returns in the 41 after a long negotiation there. Crew chief, new crew chief for Kurt Busch, Billy Scott. He replaces uh, Tony Gibson. Uh, last year's the 2500 duo is broken up. Uh, Billy Scott comes over from the 10 car. Gibson will still stay with Stuart Haas Racing, but just go off the road. Um, Mike Booker-Ravish returns as Clint Boyer's crew chief. Uh, John Klausmeyer, the crew chief for Eric Amarola. And Rodney Childers returns for Kevin Harvick. You know, Stuart Haas came out last year and said they admittedly um, did not perform as strong as they thought they would with the transition to Ford. What are your thoughts on, on 2018? Do you think they got their arms wrapped around it? Uh, and I, I expect, you know, I expect Kevin Harvick to do what exactly what he's done the last few seasons, compete for a championship. That four car is the uh, flagship team over there. But what are your thoughts on Stuart Haas Racing as a whole? I think last year um, they said all along. I mean, they didn't really say, come out and say it, but you could see it of how tough it was for um, Stuart Haas in the transfer from. Um, whatchamacallit, from Chevy to Ford. It took them longer than you, than you thought it would. I mean, you look, Harvick only won the road course at Sonoma to get himself into the playoffs. But the one thing where I saw was hopeful with Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick, they were the only team I saw almost all season long pass Martin Truex on a mile and a half and then pull away from him, what they did at Texas. Um I think Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers will be Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers. They'll be in the final four at Homestead because that's what they do. Uh, I think Clint Boyer with the second year of Mike Bogoravich, I think they've got their crap together. I mean, they had their blow up at Talladega whenever Boyer um, walked away from the car. But I really think um, it will be phenomenal. I think um, Eric Omarola's got something to prove because it's going to be the best equipment he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to get there this year, but I think 
down the road, we're going to see more out of Eric Almirola. But this is going to be where we see what kind of driver Eric Almirola is. And Kurt Busch is Kurt Busch. He's going to find his way into the playoffs. He wins a race almost every year. I think Billy Scott, the transition from Billy Scott, from Tony Gibson to Billy Scott's going to be fine. Uh, Tony Gibson's still going to be around. Um, if they really get in a pinch with Kurt Busch, they could pull Tony Gibson and say, hey, come on, go on the road trip for a couple of them with us. Uh, get inside Kurt's head, figure him out, and translate to Billy Scott. Um, I think Stuart Haas Racing could be fine. I think three of the four teams will make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, pretty fair accurate. I, I don't know if Clint, you know, to me he's on the edge. I definitely think the 41 and the 4 will get in. I think Clint's and Almirola are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, one of the two will probably get in. Um, but that's how I feel about Stuart Haas Racing. There's no doubt that 10 car in the driver's seat that that team has improved drastically. Um, but we'll see what they what they get out of that team here in 2018. Next is Rosh Fenna Racing. Uh, not too many changes. Um, Trevor Bain in the sixth. Matt Pusher returns as the crew chief. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., in the 17, Brian Patty returns as the crew chief. Um, like I said, not too many changes. Uh, Bain locked up through 20, the 2019 season with AdvoCare, the sponsorship on that car. What are your thoughts on Rosh Fenway here for 2018? I'm sorry, but Trevor Bain has never impressed me. I mean, he won the one lucky race he did at Daytona because David Reagan uh, got hit with a penalty. But David Reagan should have won that race, and he didn't. And We'll always know of Trevor Bain as Daytona 500 champion, but he's done nothing since. He brings sponsorship to the table, and that's why he stays at Roush. I think, to be honest with you, if Jack Roush wasn't worried about sponsorship and everything, um, Chris Buescher would be in that six car, not in the 37. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he showed something last year. He won his two, the two restrictor plate races that got him into the playoffs. But Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was consistent most of the year. Um, he was solid. I mean, he you showed you saw how hard he raced. Uh, I forget which one it was where he pa- passed Kyle Busch to make sure he got the tenth place spot um, Martin, at the end no, of the stage to get one point. Yeah. And he was busting his butt for one point when most of the time you'd just sit back and say, okay, I'll get my pit stop or whatever. But he was busting his butt for one point, and he wore out Kyle Busch to get the one point, and it shows how hard he's running. I think uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has a really solid shot at making the playoffs again. I really like the way he's come along, um, and I think he's going to just keep growing because he actually has one less distraction this year. There's no Danica. True, and I like Stenhouse. I think he's a good driver. I think on a plate, he's exceptional. Um, you know, I, I just think the only thing have, holding him back right now is the equipment, and they got to get that figured out at Roush because if they don't, they, they're going to be in some big trouble here in the next couple of years. Uh, next team, we can kind of group these next two together, these next two teams here. Uh, Front Row Motorsports and Go Fast Racing. I mean, Front Row Motorsports, they've tightened their alliance with Roush Fenway, um, They've kind of shuffled some things around. Derek Finley's going to be the crew chief for the 34. Michael McDowell will return, will be the driver there, that 34 car, replacing Landon Castle. David Reagan's going to return in the 38. They have Seth Barber as the crew chief over there. Uh, they kind of flip-flop Finley and Barber um, from last season. 
Uh, you know, like I said, they've made a lot of changes. They've they've upped their engine program a little bit there. Um, what do you expect from Front Row Motorsports uh, in the 2018 season? I expect a little more consistency because I think Michael McDowell will tear up less equipment than uh, Landon Castle did. Um, I don't see them better than top 20, top 25 on a regular basis, but, I mean, I could see them pulling a couple top 10s out of it and showing progress. Um, if Michael McDowell and David Reagan, you have two guys who understand what it's like to uh, realize that you have to keep your equipment under you because you don't have the wherewithal back at the shop to keep building something new every time you tear it up. So they will be consistent. They will stay out of trouble. They will get the best out of their car that they can get. But they're not going to try to turn a 15th-place car into a 5th-place car because they're pushing the envelope and going into spots that the car can't handle. If they get a 15th-place car and they pull a 12th out of it, that's a big win for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I do expect a little bit more consistency. You know, it seems ramped up there. Like I said, they try to ramp up their program. But the thing that concerns me is, you know, you're going to do a Goodyear tire test this weekend at Las Vegas this week, um, and they're not going. You know, and if you want to be with the big boys, you want to be considered a big boy, you know, you better do what the big boys do. And uh, Frontland Motorsports is not doing that. So that's one thing that kind of concerns me. Hopefully they do have a little bit more speed for that team in 2018, but um, we'll see about that. And then next team, the last Final Four team is Go Fast Racing. Matt Benedetto will return. Do you need the crew chief returns as well? Um, a huge improvement from 2017 in 2017 from the 2016 season. Uh, but I expect a pretty similar season. You know, DiBenedetto does a good job there, and so does Gene Need. Um, they're they're a lot more competitive than what they used to be over there at Go Fast. Um, but I expect a a pretty similar year to what we saw last year for this 32 car. You know, running the top 25, that's a good day for them. Oh yeah, it is, and I think. Uh... One of the things that they did smartly and with the charter shuffle that we were talking about is because the prize money that was won by Blaney last year wound up going into the 32 car because they go fast racing gets paid for whatever that is. Um, I think they use that internally to keep making their cars better. The one thing that worries me, though, is their affiliation with Circle Sport that keeps the 32 charter where they have a charter is they're going to try to run a few races on the side with the 33 car, and I don't know if they have enough people to run one solid car, let alone bring it out a second one. Yeah, and that's apparently going to be a Chevrolet, I think, too, with Gase. I know it's Xfinity Series car is going to be a Chevrolet, um, and I think that 33 will be a Chevrolet, which is kind of weird when you think about go fast and it being a Ford team and the second car going to be a Chevrolet team, but that's NASCAR 2018 for you with this whole chartering system. Next, we move to Toyota. it's sponsored by Corvette parts, so... Yeah, figure that one out, right. <laughs> Next, we move to the Toyota teams, the five real big-time Toyota teams. You know, we didn't include BK in this because who knows what's going to happen with them here. Because um, they're going to show up. Right. We also missed TriStar for the Chevrolet team, but that hasn't officially been announced yet either. Um, so we move to the Toyota teams. Joe Gibbs Racing, full cooperation again next this season. Uh Denny Hamlin and Kurt Busch return. So does Daniel Suarez. Eric Jones replaces Matt Kenseth in the, tw- in the 20 car. Um, Hamlin will have Mike Wheeler as his crew chief. Uh, the crew chief for uh, Kyle Busch will be Adam Stevens. Scott Graves returns for Daniel Suarez. And Chris Gale 
moves to the 20 car from the 77 with Eric Jones. Uh, we talked about Toyota's dominance last year, John. Um, what do you expect from Joe Gibbs Racing? I think Hamlin and Bush are the veterans are the solid guys. You know, the book, to me, to me, this is my opinion, the book is still out on Suarez and Jones. Young drivers, Jones didn't make the chase last year in, our, in J- J- JGR stuff last year. Um, I know it was a second car to furniture racing that he was going away, but I thought Jones was going to run better than what he did. Sophomore year here, he's got a year under his belt. Uh, Suarez, the same deal. What are your thoughts on, on the veterans and the rookies and the youngsters there at Joe Gibbs Racing? I think the whole team drops a little wee bit. I think uh, behind the scenes, Matt, Matt Kenseth played more of a role than people think. I mean, you've heard both Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin say how much Matt Kenseth brought to that team. I don't see uh, Eric Jones being able to help out Kyle Busch with a chassis. I don't see Eric Jones being able to help Denny Hamlin out with a chassis setup. I think Joe Gibbs Racing, by letting Matt Kenseth go to put Eric Jones in the car, has lost. I think they will drop a little bit. Um, I still see Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin winning races. I still see them making the playoffs, but I still don't, I don't see the dominance that could be there. Um, I really, the, the book's out on Eric Jones. Uh, everybody says how great he is and how he's all this in a bag of chips, but I have yet to see it. I think Eric Jones is a good driver. I don't think he's Matt Kenseth. And I don't think he's going to win a race. I think that team will not. That's the that team will not make the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to be fighting. I think uh, Daniel Suarez showed improvement throughout the season. The second time he went to those tracks, he was better than he was the first. And I think him and Scott Graves hit it off well. And I think, believe it or not, if there's a team outside of the 18 and the 11 out of Joe Gibbs Racing that makes the playoffs this year, it'd be the 19. Interesting. I think, um, you know, Suarez to me has something to prove this year as far as he doesn't need to win a race yet. Um, But I want to see improvement. I want to see that team go, oh, say, wow, Suarez has really turned the corner because he wasn't running up front a lot. You know, didn't win too many, didn't run up front and and get too many stage points. Um, Jones is the same way. So kind of a question mark on the 19 and the 20 this year. And, again, it comes down to, you know, if, if that's how they ran last year, those two guys, and Chevrolet was not performing, What's going to happen when Chevrolet's, if Chevrolet has closed the gap with this Camaro? Um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on as we move forward. And then we got the defending champion, last but not least, the defending Cup Series champion, Mark Trix Jr. Uh, Cole Pern returns. They got additional funding from 5-Hour Energy on that 78 car. Um, Bass Pro Shops returns. Martin Trix Jr. obviously returns. Um, this team has been the team to beat the last two seasons here, John. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, is, does, is Truex, again, your favorite to, to sort of, you know, take this championship, win on a mile and a half tracks, and, and just dominate the sport like we've seen the last two years? The one thing you've noticed we know about NASCAR, unless your name's Jimmy Johnson, it's a cyclical sport. Um, nobody's repeated as a champion if, other than Jimmy Johnson since, I believe, Jeff Gordon. And that was back in the early 90s. I don't see, I mean, I know Truex is going to have a great year. I know Cole Pern's got his crap together. And I know Toyota's solid. But I don't see them being able to do it again. 
Um, I just think that was one of those magical years that few people ever have. And they're going to enjoy it, but I don't see them being able to repeat it right away. I think there's going to be struggles early in the season that you don't think about. I mean, instead of getting their stuff ready for this year like some of the teams have, they were busy fighting to win a championship. They were so focused on 2017 that they didn't get a chance to breathe and think about 2018 until after the banquet. And they might be a little bit behind to start. But I think 78 could be a solid team. I just don't know if they have it in them to repeat or be there in the final four. I think it's going to be a solid year for Truex. I think him and Cole Perner are a great match. I think Truex is a better driver than a lot of people ever gave him credit for. But I'm not sure if they're the ones who are going to repeat this year. Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here with you on Talking in Circles tonight. We're previewing the 2018 season here as we have two weeks away uh, from cars hitting the racetrack at Daytona International Speedway. Um, listen, I, until that 78 team, you know, shows that there's a flaw in these mile-and-a-half checks, they're going to be the team to beat. Uh, I think Perm's an absolutely phenomenal crew chief. I think Truex is a great driver, um, and that's really – two major components here in NASCAR, obviously, uh, to be successful. And, you know, um, they've outrun Joe Gibbs Racing the last two years. I think they could do it again here uh, in 2018. He's not my pick for the championship. We'll talk about that a little bit later here, John. But um, I do think uh, Truex is going to be right there when it comes to the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, uh, 16 drivers make it, John. Um, You know, there's always somebody who surprises us and makes it – so give me your 16 playoff drivers for 2018. Okay, I got two from Joe Gibbs Racing, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. I don't think Eric Jones makes it or Daniel Suarez. I got three from Hendrick Motorsports, Johnson, Chase Elliott, and William Byron. I think William Byron is the real deal. And I was listening to him with Skinner's, with the Skinners today, and Mike Skinner said flat out, if Rick Hendrick says you can do it, you can do it. And Rick Hendrick makes very few mistakes when he puts somebody in a in in one of his cars. Um, all three from Team Penske with Le- Keselowski, Logano, and Ryan Blaney. Uh, I got three from Stuart Haas Racing this year: Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, and Clint Boyer. I think Clint Boyer was on the cusp last year, and he had a few second places early in the season. Him and Mike Bogaravich are finally, I mean, are on the same sheet of music. They have a year together. I think Boyer makes the playoffs. I think he actually gets a win for the first time since he drove back in Mikey Waltrip, Mikey Waltrip days. I have Kyle Larson and Jamie McMurray from Chip Ganassi Racing making the playoffs. Um, Newman's the only one I have from Richard Childress Racing. I think Newman finds a way strategy-wise to win a race and get himself in. Um, my two surprises, even though one made it last year, I think Stenhouse Jr. Um, has improved throughout the whole, I mean, not just on restrictor plates, but throughout the whole uh, gamut of tracks. I think Stenhouse Jr. makes it. And my um, sleeper is A.J. Allmendinger, because I think he wins either Sonoma or Watkins Glen and gets himself in. Those are my Interesting. Six. Interesting. I toyed with Allmendinger for the road courses because that's always a possibility. Um, I think they're going to, especially with the with the road course and the chase this year, I think they're going to really focus on the road courses and, and getting that car as, as, to perform as, as good as possible um, for the road courses in 2018 for A.J. Allmendinger so he can make the chase. But I got my 16. I got 
Kyle, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Mark Tricks Jr., Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott. You had Stenhouse. I have Stenhouse. Newman's going to make it, I think. Blaney, I think William Byron makes it as rookie year. Kurt Busch, Eric Jones, I think, makes it. And Jamie McMurray, I think, will make it as well. The, team, the guys I got that just missed, I got Bowman missing. Suarez, I think, is going to just miss. Amarola and Boyer. So I got two Stuart Haas guys. Um, drivers in that in the chase field. Um, it, listen, it's a crapshoot. 16 drivers. I mean, Menard, you still got who's got an opportunity to make it. I think uh, Austin Dillon might have an opportunity like he did last year. Maybe Ty Dillon walks into a win this year as well. Um, so I think those teams, there's still a, a lot of, it's going to be very competitive um, for that chase. So it's going to be wild to see how that plays out. Um, I got a question for you. It's kind of an interesting question. I posted it up on our Twitter page a couple of weeks ago and got an interesting couple of interesting votes on it, but I want to get your take on it. Um, there's a bunch of drivers with new teams here this year. Casey Kane joins Levine Family, Paul Menard with the Wood Brothers, uh, Eric Jones with Joe Gibbs, then you have Bubba Wallace with Richard Petty, uh, Amarola at Stuart Haas, Byron and Bowman at Hendrick Motorsports, uh, McDowell at Front Row Motorsports, a bunch of new teams, a bunch of new, uh, a bunch of new drivers with te- new teams. Of all those new drivers and uh, team pairings, which one do you think, John, will perform the best and why? I think it's William Byron and Darian Grubb in the uh, 24 car at Hendrick Motorsports. And there's a lot of reasons behind it. One, the new Chevy. Uh, I think Chevrolet was uh, operating at a deficit last year because of the way Toyota uh, gamed the system. I think Chevrolet has gamed the system this year with the new Camaro. I think Darian Grubb's a legit winning crew chief. He's won with everybody who's driven his cars. And I think William Byron will be one of those guys that does it. I think when you have Hendrick Motorsports behind you and the number 24, and as much as Rick Hendrick's history in the sport, his two numbers that started his day were the 5 and the 25, and they don't exist anymore. But the 24 is what made Hendrick, turned Hendrick Motorsports, I mean, turned all-star racing into Hendrick Motorsports. He wants that 24 to continue to be the 24 and continue the legacy that Jeff Gordon started with it. I think it's William Byron and Darian Grubb is the uh, best new pairing put together. Interesting. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I just think Byron's a, a good young driver who's going to run very well. Um, so I agree with you on that. You know, I think another another kid to look out for is Eric Jones, like I said. I'm interested to see how Menard does. I just don't know if Levine family is ready to make the next step to get to the chase with Casey Kane. Um, Bowman's another guy to keep an eye out for. He could surprise me as well. Uh, you know, we, we forget about that race he had at Phoenix where he nearly won. If the caution doesn't come out late, not going two years ago. Um, so Bowman has, has shown in his little opportunity that he can drive. Uh, but this is a big opportunity for him as we get ready for 2018. Um, what are your thoughts here on the biggest storyline heading into this season? We talked about Chevrolet and Camaro. We talked about the Hawkeye system, new drivers with new teams. What is the biggest storyline, the thing you're most looking forward to in 2018? Well, the thing I think is the biggest storyline is the new Camaro coming in. I think Chevrolet um, was embarrassed that they didn't have a car in the playoffs last year, in the, I mean, in the Final Four. I think Hendrick Motorsports is embarrassed that they didn't have a car in the Final Four. 
I think Chevy put more money in. I think Hendrick has put more money in. I think they've done more engineering, more research, and everything to make this Camaro something special. And Chevy wants the old adage of win on Sunday, sell on Monday. And the Camaro is a hell of a nice car. So I think the uh, Chevy Camaro coming in is the biggest storyline. But I also think one of the other storylines to look at that people haven't really made a whole big of a deal about it is the chirping that's coming up again from the drivers. Um, you heard it a couple years ago from Tony Stewart, and then Brad Keselowski said it during media days, is Brian France isn't in the garage. Channel WBT in Charlotte pointed out the other day that NASCAR might be for sale. And Monster Energy still hasn't um, determined whether or not they want to extend their um, – take their option on the sponsorship of the sport. I think the underlying biggest story that people aren't really talking about is the future of the sport, whether Brian France is still going to be the chairman of NASCAR, whether or not NASCAR is for sale, um, whether or not Monster comes in. There's a lot of big questions in the front offices at Daytona we'll need to start answering. Yeah, I agree. I think especially because Monster Energy is a is a major deal that people aren't talking about. Um, and they have to figure this out here quick, sooner rather than later because they don't pick up their option. You, know, you only got so much time you can have until you find a new sponsor for 2019. So I agree with you there. I think the biggest storyline is the Hawkeye system. I really do. And um, I think if that you know, takes away Toyota's advantage and, and, and helps level the playing field. Wow. And I think you're going to see a lot of drivers and teams uh, fail inspection before qualifying. You're going to see a lot of uh, penalty box things like we saw last year. I just think it's going to be a bigger emphasis on that because the gray areas that were around last year won't be around this year. And you know those those teams that, that pushed the gray areas and got away with it last year will try to push it again this year. Um, and if they do that, you know, they're going to get penalized for it. So that's something – especially early on in the year, the first five, ten races, that Hawkeye system is going to be huge, especially in those mile-and-a-half tracks, because it seems like NASCAR really uh, you know, puts their foot down on a mile-and-a-half track and says, you can't get that advantage. That, I think, is something to keep an eye on for 2018. Got kind of an odd question here for you, John. I want to throw you before I get your Daytona 500 champion and your uh, cup champion, and before we move on to, to the show, um, which pair, which driver currently in their ride in 2018 won't be in their ride in 2019. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of changes with teams this year. You know, I think there's five or six new big-time names with new rides this year. So who do you think has the potential to uh, not be with the same team in 2019 as we get ready for 2018? Well, I have two. If Jimmy Johnson wins the championship, it's him. I see him going to eight and saying, thanks for playing. I'm going to play with my model wife and my two beautiful little girls. Bye-bye. If Jimmy Johnson doesn't, he'll be back again trying for his eighth. The person who I don't see in his ride next year is Jamie McMurray. Because Jamie McMurray gets you to the playoffs, but he doesn't get you to the promised land. And Christopher Bell's coming up through the ranks and there's no place for him at the end. Toyota is filled. 
I don't see Joe Gibbs walking away from Kyle Busch. I don't see Joe Gibbs walking away from Denny Hamlin. And Joe Gibbs just put two young bucks in there. Daniel Suarez, who's got a ton of funding behind him with Harris, and he's also got um, Eric Jones going in to replace Matt Kenseth. So there's no place at the end in Toyota for one of those solid teams. And Furniture Row's not getting rid of Martin Truex Jr. anytime soon. So if anything, I see McMurray getting kind of pushed aside for Christopher Bell, if that's the case, Christopher Bell. It'll be one of those two if it's not Jimmy Johnson winning the championship. Yeah, it's funny. As Dale Jr. came out and said he predicts a driver to retire. Uh, after 2018, and who that could that be? Could be Kurt Busch, who signed a one-year deal. Stuart Haas, it'd be Casey Kane. Um, if he says, you know, I don't want to do what I did this year with the Levine family, and and uh, you know, I'd rather just go dirt racing. Um, could it be Jim McMurray? Who knows? So, um, yeah, those when you think about veteran drivers, those are the big three left, really, that you can kind of sit there and maybe Jimmy Johnson, like you said, I don't see Jimmy. I think Jimmy's got three, two, three years left in him. I think Harvick's got a bunch of years left in him. Um, but I think McMurray's a guy, if I had to say, you know, just because of his age, um, I just think he's, you know, when you get over 40, people start to go, hmm, get some, time to get somebody else in that car. Now, I think Ganassi loves him, uh, so I think that's, that helps him a lot, um, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on as far as musical chairs go um, in the silly season for 2019. We're getting ahead of ourselves, and that's the fun of, of having a podcast, is you can do this and get ahead of yourselves here. Um you know, and, and kind of talk about what you predict here uh, with the silly season with NASCAR in 2018. A couple more, John, I got for you. Who do you think will win this year's Daytona 500? It's a crapshoot, restrictor plate racing. 35 drivers can win this race. Who do you got? Hmm, Daytona 500. I think I'm going to pick Lee in Virginia. <laughs> Um, Daytona 500 is the one race you can't pick. Could have someone, I mean, you look, Chase Elliott's won the pole the last two years. He ran out of gas. I mean, heck, last year, what, four cars ran out of gas on the final lap before Kurt Busch finally struggled around to make it. Uh, there's always a big one where there's 10, 15 good cars that go away. Um, I mean, how we've seen Trevor Bain win it. We've seen a bunch of people who've, I mean, you've seen people who've never done anything anywhere else win that race. Michael Waltrip won it twice. I could, I mean, I have just as much of a chance with Lee in Virginia as our winner of the Daytona 500 as anybody else. Um, being a Ford guy and always wanting to see a Ford in victory lane, I'll go with Blaney just for the hell of it. I mean, that's my pick. I'll go with Blaney because I like Blaney. He's driving a Ford. And who knows, he could end up finding his way through the mess. I mean, it's one of those ones you can't tell any different because somebody's going to make a mistake and it's going to take out half the field, and there's going to be a bunch of really good cars going home on wreckers. I got Kyle Larson. I just love the way he drove that race last year. I thought he probably should have won that race last year before he ran out of gas. I always go for with the aggressive driver at Daytona because I love drivers who are trying to win that race. I can't stand when a driver sits there and says, we'll have a points day and and stay in line and not go anywhere, whether it's the Xfinity race, whether it's the cup race, every time a driver does that, it drives me up a wall. So I'm going with the aggressive driver. I'm going with Kyle Larson. I think he can win the Daytona 500. 
Finally, John, uh, final question of the night. Your champion for 2018. Uh, you go into Vegas, you're putting down money. Who are you putting it on to win a championship? Kyle Larson. Wow. I think uh, Kyle Larson, I think the Chevy Camaro will be a big step in the right direction compared to the SS. I think Kyle Larson was as good a driver as anybody in the field last year. Yeah, he had a ton of second places. He had a few wins. I think at the end of the year, they got bit by engine troubles, which is no doing of his own. I think Kyle Larson is the guy who can win this championship this year. Well, I agree. I think Larson's got a chance. I'm going to go Kyle Busch because I think Kyle is an extremely talented race car driver with one of the best teams in the sport. I I expect Toyota to be strong again, so I'm going to go uh, Kyle Busch. We have a caller here. Lee in Virginia joins the show. Hello, Lee. Uh, do you have a pick for the championship? Do you have a pick uh, for you know who might be out of a ride in 2019? Uh, what are your thoughts on 2018? Well, uh, for 2018, I think one of the guys you guys mentioned that maybe that could be out of a ride, that will be out of a ride, that, that you know you guys never mentioned was Clint Boyer. Uh, his contract's up at the end of the season. And I just don't see it getting to the point where I think Stuart Haas is going to say, oh, we want to keep this guy around, especially with a Chris, the Christopher Bells out there and not knowing what the future is for a guy like Denny Hamlin if Gibbs wants to keep him or et cetera. Uh, or somebody like, you know, I could see them going to get a veteran guy, maybe somebody not like Boyer because Clint hasn't really sold sponsorship there. And eventually Gene Haas is going to get tired of footing the bill. We saw that this year with Danica bringing in Eric Amarola. So to me uh, – you know, I think Clint might be out of a ride. I also think the guy you guys didn't mention that could retire is Kevin Harvick. Uh, I think Harvick at the media center, at the media day, showed me a lot where he was kind of pro NASCAR. And I was shocked by that because he's, you know, he's usually one of those guys like Kyle Busch who likes to create controversy, and he really wasn't. And I said, oh, maybe this is Kevin Harvick's last media day. Um so I could I could easily see that being the guy that maybe Dale Jr. was alluding to for the Daytona 500. I'm going with the 48. They, uh, you know, I think they were embarrassed last year by the way they performed. I think they're going to go out clicking on all cylinders this year. Hendrick Motorsports, even though had a bad year last year, still had really good restrictor plate stuff. I think Chad and Jimmy realized they got their brains beat in with, with the stages and don't want to get that beat again. I'm going to go with them for the Daytona 500. And for the championship, boy, this is a toss-up here. I can't go with a Ford. As much as I would love to, I just can't do it with their body and with the way everything's been with the bodies. I'm going to have to go with a Chevrolet here. I think they're going to have the edge this year. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win a lot, and I think he's going to win a championship. Wow. Lee, I I picked you to win the Daytona 500, so I need to know what car you're going to be in so I can put my 20 ducks down when I go to Vegas. Well, listen – Listen, why don't you instead of giving me that twenty bucks to go to Vegas, why don't you give me that twenty bucks and I'll put twenty bucks and Clayton can put twenty bucks in and we'll go buy BK Racing's charter and I can go actually try and win the thing. <laughs> or yeah, or we can at least well, or we could form a partnership or something like that with uh yeah, with bank with somebody own it. and own three part thirty uh, percent of the race team but still own the charter and, and have the charter forever. Lee, thanks so much for calling in tonight. It was great thanks, to hear guys. your predictions for 2018, and we'll see you next time. That was Lee in Virginia. And, again, if you ever want to join our show, 917-889-8280, here to join on Talking Circles. Uh, final thoughts on 2018, John. We're previewing 2018. What are your final thoughts and, and something that you might not have mentioned that you want to talk about uh, for the 2018 season? 
I think it's going to be interesting with the way she, what we're going to see real quick what Chevy has, and I think we're going to see it next week when they test in Vegas. Um, I think Chevy's not going to go out there and hold anything back. It's sort of going to be like whenever Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers went to Stuart Haas. They went out there and tried to win every test, every practice session, everything there was because they wanted to show, hey, we're dominant, we're going to be here, and you saw what they did their first year together. Um, I think it's up to Chevy's going to want to prove something, and that's why I think it's going to be a whole different year this year. I don't think Gibbs is going to be as strong minus Matt Kenseth because he seemed to be the calming force in that group. And, I mean, because Hamlin and Bush are both hotheads. And I don't think the two young kids are going to be able to tell them, hey, you need to step off the ledge a little bit. It's okay. We're going to be fine. Kenseth had that ability to do that. And I think that's going to be something lost on Gibbs. I don't think um, Furniture Row is going to be able to repeat what they did last year. It was a special year. It was one of those years that was impossible to, almost impossible to match. And with Chevy getting back into the game and changing the body style and changing everything, and I think it's a sad year for Ford. I mean, they won – Uh, 10-plus races last year, but they're behind the times when it comes to the body. So they're going to have to get their stuff together, prepare for 19, and I think it'll be a good season. But I I still think it's going to be Chevy is the big story. Yeah, I get concerned for Ford. I really do, just because all their drivers are, you know, they're trying to be optimistic and saying, well, hopefully the, the," you know, they're looking at the Hawkeye going, hopefully that's, that's the equalizer. But I can hear, you can hear their concern in their voice going, well, we kind of were, not great last year, and we didn't change the body this year, and Chevrolet did, and, and Toyota's got the same body they did last year, and oh boy, you know, that kind of equals not, not great success for us. And I do think it's going to have some big of an issue. Now, how big of an issue it's going to be, I'm not sure. Um, maybe the Hawkeye system is a great equalizer. I don't know, but I just don't see it. And I agree. I think Ford's going to be up for a tough year, um, and that's where my concern is if I'm a Ford fan right now is hopefully uh, – I'm totally wrong, and hopefully this, you know, they bought, they won a bunch of races this year, but uh, I'm not so optimistic being a Ford fan. I want to thank Lee and Virginia for the call. We'll be back here Wednesday night uh, getting ready for the season, talking about all the, the NASCAR news from the week, uh, and we'll see you Wednesday night on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody. <laughs>